You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises. For more information, visit keithmitnick.com or email me. It's kmitnick at forthepeople.com. Hello, everybody. I am so glad to be back with these podcasts. We figured out a way that I could tape them from home so I don't have to go to the studio in New York City. So so we're ready to go again and going to do a whole season. And I want to start this season with one that I think is really, really important because it has such widespread application. And I call it priors, aggravations, and other health problems. And it comes out of car crashes in dealing with really two main Uh, situations that we all see all the time in car crashes. One of them is what I call priors, meaning the same body part, let's say the neck, the person had an injury to their neck in the past, but it healed up. And the defense is making a big deal out of, oh, you had this crash three years ago and you went to the chiropractor for six weeks. That's a prior. The second situation is instead of it healing after six weeks or so, this earlier injury to the same body part never got better. Let's say it's a herniation. It turned out rather than it be a sprain strain that healed up, it actually was a herniation. They diagnosed it with an MRI and it's still there. And they're now in your crash and it's made their life a lot worse. This injury was made worse in a meaningful way. That's an aggravation. So my labels are priors and aggravations. I do want to add though, that one of the reasons that I want to start with this is it has such broad application because even if we're talking about a completely different body part, even if we're not talking about a car crash, it can be a med mal, it can be a product liability case, it can be any kind of injury case where the person had some significant health problems to a different part of their body. This works there too, because we know what the defense does in that situation. They try to make it sound like you had all these problems before, you know, you were in a wheelchair, you had COPD or or whatever the problem, you had a heart condition and you weren't very active, whatever it was, they want to make it sound like your life was so lousy or your client's life was so lousy that why would you, why could this make it worse? It, this can't be a big injury because they were already in such poor shape. This works on that too. And it'll make sense to you when you think about it, but I'm going to go back to and take you through this. And I want to use priors. And when we're done with the priors, I'll tell you a little piece we add in to make it fit the aggravations. But let me start with the priors. And you start in jury selection with what I call as is justice. As is justice. And it goes like this. Folks, I want to talk to you about something that I call as is justice. And and we all know what as is means. If you buy something off the used rack and it has some flaws and isn't in perfect condition and it says as is, then you don't get to bring it back. You take it as is. Well, that same principle applies if someone rams someone out on the road and hurts them and they weren't perfect specimens of health at the time it happened, they can get justice too. And not discount justice. They can get full justice under the circumstances. They don't have to be in the prime of their physical life to get justice. That's why I like calling it as is justice. Uh, The fancy constitutional words are equal justice or justice for all. I just prefer as is justice because I think it's uh, it's easier to wrap our heads around. Uh, Does anybody here think 
that that's that's not a good good way to approach it. Or that's not a good law. Does anybody think that unless someone is in the prime of their physical health, they shouldn't be able to get justice or not real justice? Anybody feel like that? Well, now I'm now talking talking to you, not the jury. No one's going to raise their hand to that because most of the jurors aren't prime specimens of health any more than most of the lawyers are. So they're going to go, yeah, but you need to add a little piece in because some folks may think, yeah, but I got a bad back and no one ever gave me money. So you add this one little piece to it and that will, it sounds too simple to be true, but I promise having done it a bunch of times, it'll work. You add in so that you don't have to be a perfect specimen of health to get justice. When someone thrusts injury into someone else's life unnaturally, now, why does that help? Because they go, well, yeah, you know what? This problem in my back's a big deal, but no one gave me money. But you know what? If I had a perfectly fine back and then someone hit me on a road and I suddenly had a bad back like this and it was going to be here forever, that'd be a big deal. And by God, someone would have to pay me a lot of money to do this to me. So you are now taking the leverage of understanding and empathy and adding the distancing from now we're talking about someone paying for what was taken. So that little part of thrust into their life unnaturally. And if there's no issue of comparative fault, add in thrust into their life unnaturally by no fault of their own. So now that's the void dire on as is justice. Now let me move into opening and I'm going to add the little piece for an aggravation case. Instead of an injury that healed up, but it's still out there lingering. We're now talking about, and we were doing all that for jurors so they understand, well, you don't, they don't get to exploit the fact your client wasn't pristine in health. And by the way, before I go into opening, let me add one piece. If you've got a practice where you have a lot of car crash cases and a lot of herniated disc cases, please don't feel sorry for yourself and think, how come all my clients have some kind of prior and a lot of them have, have, have aggra- actual aggravations that didn't heal up and it got just made worse? Why me? What did I do in another life to deserve this? Poor, poor me. Don't think that way, honestly. You know the truth? If you do car crash cases with herniations, you're not unfortunate to have priors. You just have human beings you represented that are grown-ups. If you specialize in teenagers, you probably wouldn't have many priors. You probably wouldn't have many aggravations. But if you're representing grown-ups, guess what? We use their spines all the time. And if you're 30, 40, 50, 60 or more, I promise you, you've had some problems in your back in your life. You slept wrong and had a crick. You know, you got drunk and fell out of bed. You picked something heavy up. You got, you know, you're play, you were playing golf and swung and went, oh, there goes my back, whatever it was. So, of course, you've got priors. It's the nature of the beast with grownups. Our spines are under stress all the time. They're going to, from time to time, get hurt and probably bad enough you went and saw some doctor for a little bit. So, don't think you got a lousy cases. You got cases like everybody else. Now that we've covered that, let me come back to opening statement and this time we're going to go from the prior that healed to the aggravation that's still there in in the same model applies i'm just going to add some layers in that wouldn't be necessary if it had the prior had healed up so we're now back talking to the jury remember in jury selection we talked about 
as is justice. Well, now I can talk to you about the evidence, and you're going to see. And you're going to see we actually have a law. The judge is going to give you the law and instruct you on it that actually protects people that aren't perfect specimens of health. Someone that is not in the prime of their physical health can get justice to, and that is full justice, not discount justice, so long as they qualify for the protections of this law. And what are the qualifications? The person has to have had pre-existing conditions to the same body part. And we're going to prove to you that my client qualifies for the protection of that law. And if the defense doesn't acknowledge it, I promise you, by the time we end, we will have them admit to you that indeed my client had a pre-existing condition at that same part in her neck. Now, I'm talking to you again. Now you, but the pre-exists, the qualifications for the protection of the law is for the aggravation. All of the as is justice fits either. And now I want to give you the paper piece that will apply beautifully in the aggravation case, as well as any other case where your client had significant health problems that the defense is trying to exploit to say your case is worth less, and it's just unfair. This is how we put a damned end to that. And I call it baselines, reserves, and coping. Baselines, reserves, and coping. So here's what you'd explain to the jury. And in order to do it effectively, I like to use two index cards. And I put them flat so it was turned like you had your palm to the ground. The card would be to the ground. What you're creating is two planes. Take two cards and hold them both down, and it creates a space. And you want to use as the top, like along where your eyes are, and the lower part would be along your chest. And that creates a space for you to do this. You can create visible visual aids. You can write it on a flip chart or you can use your hands or index cards. But it's important whatever you use to visualize this to really bring it home. And I can't do it because we're in a podcast, but you can visualize it. So let me go back to talking to the jury. We roll right out of as is justice in opening. We just explain we're going to prove my client qualifies for the protections of that law. And now we roll right into this. And here's why, folks. There's something called baselines you're going to hear about. And what's a baseline? It's a baseline of health. And when someone is young, 17, 18 years old, their baseline, and you put it up around your eyes. Use that index card with the palm of your hand facing the ground. Their baseline's way up here. They're, they are perfect specimens health. As they put on a few years, it comes down just a bit just because of the normal aging. Now you bring it down maybe to your nose or your lips from your eyes. It comes down a little, and then show some time when you do it. Just let your palm come out. And they go along at this pace. And then along came an injury two years before the one that brings us here to you, folks. And suddenly, that baseline dropped, and you bring it down, say, to your chin. You still got plenty of room before you reach your chest. You're like halfway between your eyes and along your chest line. But you still got these reserves. That's the beauty of the visuals. So let me go back to the jury. So they were, you know, up here when they were young, they come down to here um, as a little of the natural aging. And then suddenly two years ago, they were in a crash and they suffered an injury to their, to their vertebrae at the same area. They had a herniated disc there. And suddenly that baseline dropped to here, right here around my nose or lips. And 
they were getting along fine at that baseline. What Would they have loved to have been back up here when they were 18 or back up here before this crash? Of course they would have, but that's not in the cards. But they had adapted to this new baseline. They become accustomed to it and made adjustments to it, and they were getting along well in spite of it. It almost becomes an afterthought that's in their life. And then along came this defendant, ran my client from behind, and what happened? Suddenly, out of the blue, unnaturally, by no fault of her own, that baseline dropped, boom, down to here. Now, you're not all the way down to your chest. You're, say, down to your collarbone. There's still a little room. So suddenly, I'm talking to you now. I'm going to go back to the jury. Suddenly, it drops down. And now, now you put your hands, folks. I'm back to you. The first, were the baseline along your lips, and now the baseline is down along, say, your Adam's apple. And you've got a gap there of about six inches. And you take that gap out as you talk and show for over time, long time, and you just keep bringing it back and recycling it, showing that gap. Now I'm back talking to the jury. Suddenly, when this injury occurred, that baseline dropped significantly, and it will be at that lower level for the rest of her life. It is never going back to where she had adjusted to before. And that is going to be there forever. That difference in baseline for the rest of her life forever is a huge loss. A huge loss. Why? Because before she had reserves. Before that crash that happened two years earlier, she was up here and she had reserves. What's that mean? It means she could withstand the first drop that came to here from that earlier crash. Why? Because she still had reserves, which means her ability to cope with this injury is significantly greater. She still could cope because she had reserves. But once that baseline had already dropped from that crash and along comes this defendant and drops it down here, her reserves are dwindled greatly. Her ability to cope is way down. So this impact of this crash had a far more profound impact on her quality of life than that first crash two years ago because now her reserves were already depleted, and she didn't have the room to have the same level of coping, and this will be with her forever. And that is why this injury is so significant. And now we move on. Now, you see, folks, you don't need a car crash to do the same thing. My client had, you know, developed a heart condition. My client developed... Uh, uh, COPD and has these breathing problems before this malpractice and got their leg amputated as a result of it. So her coping, her baseline was already down here unrelated. Her ability to cope was down. Now this comes. All I'm doing is using the old uh, uh, eggshell. I'm just turning it into the idea. It's the same idea if someone had one eye and they, they got blinded in the other, it would be a much worse injury if they had two good eyes and, and blinded in one. So what we're doing with this baseline's reserve is coping is putting it in honest, life-understandable context so the jury can appreciate those earlier injuries don't diminish the value of what was taken in the way of health. 
they increase it. They increase it. So that's the whole point of all of this. And I hope you find it helpful. So in conclusion, just remember this, folks. If you have a case with priors that healed, don't let those people on the other side convince you that's a a case goes in the discount bucket. It absolutely is not. If you have a case where rather than be a prior that healed up, but it actually caused a lifelong injury, in your case, the injury made that injury worse. It aggravated it substantially. That's not a, oh gosh, I got a case that isn't worth, you know, full justice. Wish I had a better one. That's a bad injury. It may have more value than if they had a perfectly fine neck. So don't let them talk you in. Don't let the defense trick you in to taking less than what's fair and reasonable in those cases. And the same thing applies if they just generally had the burden of significant unrelated health problems in their life. The last thing that person needed was to have this heaped on top of that in their life. So thank y'all, and I look toward our next one.